Hello everybody, my name is Ronan, this is the Little Seal English Podcast and my job is to help you speak English with confidence, to help you understand high level fluent English and to help you represent yourself fully in English. How do I do that? Well, I have my podcast, I have my epic telegram channel, which if you're not a member of, you 100% should be. It's way better than Instagram or TikTok or any of that shit. I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram and TikTok and all that shit as well. And you know what? I guess the podcast is probably one of the best ways. Oh, I also have a course out right now, uh, the Quick and Dirty English course. It is available right now for whoever wants to really boost their English. Go to my website, littlesealenglish.com, or just hit the link in the description and you'll see it. But let's focus on this podcast. This podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is all about phrasal verbs because I know how much of a pain in the ass phrasal verbs are. And in this podcast, we have four different phrasal verbs to look at. And the first one is to come across. The second one is stand out. The third is to settle in. And the fourth and final one is to go through with. So let's just focus on come across. Have you ever come across something unexpected when you're traveling? You know, maybe you were on the road on vacation or something and you came across something or maybe someone. What was it? How did it affect your journey? How did it make you feel? When was the last time you came across an interesting book, a movie or a news article, say, by mistake? What was it? When was it? Where was it? How did it make you feel? For instance, the other night, I was just uh, on my TV, just browsing through the different channels and whatnot, and I came across a great movie. The movie was Face Off. And this is an older movie, starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, two very good actors. And it is an absolute bizarre science fiction movie, Face Off. Anyways, I came across Face Off, and it's the kind of movie that once you come across it, you can't really change the channel because it's that good of a movie. You know, it was never going to win an Oscar or anything, but it's a great action movie. Good performances by Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, so I'd recommend giving it a watch. But I shouted to my wife, You'll never guess what movie I just came across. And she's like, what? And I'm like, face off. Get out here and watch it. So she came out and we watched it because it is a really good movie. So I accidentally came across it. You know, I wasn't planning to find it. I I didn't expect to find it. But I found it and then we watched it. So the phrasal verb to come across is to encounter or to find something unexpectedly. I have a lot of friends who work in the tech industry and the web development industry and they often come across a line of code that doesn't make sense or they come across a line of code that needs to be fixed. They encounter it or they find it unexpectedly. While hiking in the forest, I came across a beautiful waterfall. I love when that happens. Absolutely love it. You know, that's that's a good example there. That's a great example. When hiking in the forest, I came across blah, blah, blah. What are some things you might come across in a forest? Forests are beautiful areas. I love them. You could come across a backpack. That's interesting. If I come across a backpack in the forest, I might be a little bit concerned because I'm kind of thinking, who lost the backpack? Whose backpack is this? 
for instance. You might come across a bear den. And if you come across a bear den, you need to back out of there immediately. You need to walk away. If you come across a den of any animal, you should probably leave. If you come across a load, and I'm talking about a load of different bones and stuff, get the heck out of there immediately. Why? Well, in nature, a lot of animals will feast in one area. And if there is a load of bones in one area, that's kind of like the kitchen for the animals. So you really don't want to be hanging out there. So if you're in the forest and you come across, you know, you encounter something unexpectedly, it could be positive or it could be negative. Recently enough in Ireland, they came across runes, R-U-I-N-S. Write that one down, it's a good one. Runes, ancient runes. And you know, Ireland is a very, very, very old country. And these ancient runes are old sweat houses or sweat lodges, which are common in indigenous culture of uh, Turtle Island or North America as we know it. And it turns out they were popular in Ireland. So by coming across these runes in a field in the middle of nowhere, we're able to understand our culture and our history a little more. So in my country, in Ireland, people often come across different items in the forest, in fields, or during excavations. You know, after excavating land, they might come across an old road. Italy, Rome, great example, by God. Every time they try to dig down, they come across a new road. They come across a new building. They come across a new wall or something like that because Rome has been built up and up and up over the years. It's more or less impossible to dig down without coming across something. When I was in the thrift shop last week, I came across a rare first edition of my favourite novel. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Thrift shops. You know, people often go there and dump off a bag of clothes or unwanted items. And they might not realise it, but they could actually be throwing away something very, very valuable. And in this example, when I was in the thrift shop, I came across blah, blah, blah. I came across a rare first edition of my favourite novel. Can you imagine you came across a first edition print of Harry Potter, and imagine it was signed by J.K. Rowling. That would be worth, I don't know, would it be worth millions? It could be worth millions at this stage. I'm not entirely sure. When she dies, it'll definitely be worth millions. But if you come across a first edition of a book, they're the valuable ones. Second, third, fourth, whatever about those. The first edition, the very first ones that were printed in a batch, those are the ones that are valuable. And if you're in a thrift shop and you come across a rare first edition of a certain book, you could be, it could be a gold mine. It could be priceless for all we know. And it's funny because like thrift shops are places where people often find some, some crazy things where people often find, where people often come across very valuable items. I try to think, like I, I love thrifting. I love going from thrift shop to thrift shop. Sometimes you find amazing stuff, sometimes you find nothing. The other day, I came across a deal. I got a beautiful denim jacket. I love it. It was only 30 bucks as well. So that was a great deal to come across. Other days, I come across absolutely nothing. I find nothing. And look, it is what it is. That is the nature of thrift stores. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. So in this example, when I was in the thrift shop, 
I came across a rare first edition of my favorite novel. When I was in the thrift shop, I came across blah, blah, blah. Beautiful phrase that you can use. All right, another example. While cleaning out the attic, I came across a box of old photographs and letters from my grandparents. Aww. While cleaning out the attic. The attic. Do you have an attic where you live? I live in an apartment now and I do not have an attic. But back in Ireland, we do have an attic. The attic is like the upstairs of a house where nobody sleeps, nobody lives. It's used for storage. Now, the funny thing is, in my house in Ireland, it's a relatively small house. It was never a big house. It's a bungalow, or it was a bungalow. But when I was about nine years old, we got the house renovated, and my parents turned the attic upstairs into two bedrooms and a bathroom. So I had a bedroom upstairs in what used to be the attic. Now... That is fine, I guess, but it meant whenever it rained, because I was sleeping basically in the attic, it was impossible to sleep because the noise was just so loud. I remember so many times I remember waking up and hearing the rain come down. But in the attic is usually where people leave stuff. And it's the kind of place where you might leave something and forget about it. And years later, you might find it. You might find it when you're cleaning out the attic. And to clean out, well, there's another phrasal verb, but to clean out the attic is like to do a big clean, to get rid of so much stuff. And in this case here, while cleaning out the attic, so while, while cleaning out the attic, I came across a box of old photographs and letters from my grandparents. That is beautiful. Old letters. I have letters in my house. And I have letters... That I used to write to a pen pal in Finland, would you believe? And I do enjoy when I come across those. Because I've kept them all. And in my house I have like a box full of old memories. And every now and again I go through it and I come across something that makes me smile. I'm like, God, that was a long time ago, eh? So to come across, in this case, to encounter or to find something unexpectedly. And this person came across a box of old photographs and letters from their grandparents. That would be very sentimental, especially if the grandparents have passed away. Maybe you come across letters from them to each other, like old love letters, for instance. Alright, another example. I came across a great restaurant while exploring the city streets. I came across a great restaurant. I came across a hole in the wall while exploring the city streets. Have you ever been on vacation And you're kind of just wandering aimlessly. And then you come across like a fantastic restaurant, a beautiful cafe, a little tiny bookshop. I love those. So use this phrasal verb for a shop, a location or anything like that. I came across a beautiful hole in the wall restaurant while exploring the city streets. A hole in the wall Those are my favourite types. You know the ones where you can't really sit down in or something? That's what I mean by a hole-in-the-wall restaurant. A hole-in-the-wall is kind of like a small place, especially like a bar or a restaurant. And, you know, older cities will have more holes in the wall compared to newer cities, for instance. So, a small bar our restaurant, you could call a little hole in the wall because it's not very big. And I do love coming across random tiny restaurants, tiny cafes, holes in the wall, for instance, when I'm exploring a new town or city. All right. 
So folks, overall, to come across is to encounter or to find something unexpectedly. I came across blah 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 in. While I was in the thrift store, I came across blah blah blah. While cleaning out the attic, I came across an old USB key with five Bitcoin on it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you came across an old memory stick and there was Bitcoin on it? Oh gosh. You know, a funny tangent. I was talking to one of my friends recently. And back in the day when we were trying to buy drugs, we would buy them online on the dark web. And you could order anything you want. And anyways, we'd order some cannabis and it would get delivered to our houses in Ireland. But you had to do it on Bitcoin. And back then, Bitcoin was super cheap. And I can remember my friend had like four or five hundred Bitcoin at one point. This is when Bitcoin was only worth, what, $20 a coin or something. And nowadays it's worth well over 15 maybe $20,000 a coin or something. But we often laugh like, holy moly, the amount of Bitcoin we spent. Can you imagine coming across that now? Can you imagine you found your old phone and there was actually Bitcoin on it? Oh, what a life that would be. All right, so to come across, to encounter, or to find something unexpectedly. Come across a problem, come across a beautiful waterfall hidden in a forest, my favorite type of thing to come across. Come across a bear den. No, not my favorite thing to come across. I was in a thrift shop and I came across a rare first edition book. I came across a great record. I came across blah, 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 a deal, for instance. To come across a restaurant or a cafe in this city. Oh, I came across this great restaurant. I sat down and I spent like two hours there without even realizing. It was wonderful. All right, so now the next phrasal verb is to stand out. This one could have a podcast all by itself. Now, I'm going to give you some examples of stand out. When I was in high school, I was six foot one. I weighed 126 kilograms and I had long hair down to my chest. Needless to say, needless to say, I stood out. I stood out from the crowd. It was easy to identify me. I stood out because I was taller than everyone else. I stood out because I had long hair. I stood out because I was much bigger. I was a fat fuck. I was 126 kilograms. I wasn't thin. Let's not sugarcoat it. I was fat. And I was this big, huge motherfucker. So, that was me in high school. I stood out. I was easily identifiable. I was noticeably different because of my size. When you were in high school, did you stand out or did you blend in? A lot of people would prefer to blend in. I never really experienced what it's like to blend in because I've always stood out no matter where I go. Even today I stand out. Why? Well, I'm still six foot one. I do not weigh that much, but I'm bald with a big bushy beard. So I pretty much stand out no matter where I go. I'm easily identifiable wherever I go. So to stand out is to be noticeably different than other people, to attract attention, or to be noticeably better than other people or other things. So let's look at some examples. Among all the paintings in the gallery, the vibrant colours of the abstract art really made it stand out. Among all the paintings in the gallery, the vibrant colours of the abstract piece of art really made it stand out. 
In that case there, we're talking about a picture, a painting in an art gallery. And there could be hundreds of paintings in an art gallery, but one of them stands out more than the others. Why? Because of the vibrant colours. Because of the size of it, maybe. Because of the story behind it, it stands out. Because of the detail in the picture, it really stands out compared to some of the others. Her exceptional leadership skills and dedication to her work made her stand out among her peers. Her exceptional leadership skills and dedication to her work made her stand out among her peers. She stood out. Why? Because she's an amazing leader. In politics, you want someone to stand out for a good reason, not a bad reason. Her exceptional leadership skills, well that's a good reason to stand out. Her dedication to work, absolutely fantastic reason to stand out. Sex scandal, not a good reason to stand out, absolutely not. But it will make you stand out, there's no doubt about it. The new restaurant's modern decor and innovative menu helped it stand out in a neighbourhood filled with traditional eateries. The new restaurant's modern decor and innovative menu helped it stand out in a neighbourhood filled with traditional eateries. How can a restaurant stand out? It needs to do something special. It needs to do something new. It needs to do something wow, for instance. How can you use stand out in your life? Well, okay, that's a tough one. Think about the last sports game you saw. If you watch sport, what player really stood out? Think about a TV show that you watch. What character stood out and why? Why was that character noticeably different or better than the others? What did they do? If we're talking about sport again, what did that athlete do that made them noticeably different or better than others? There's always someone who stands out because of their ability. Because of their ability to do something amazing. So, who stands out in Blah, 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 blah. Can you think of an actor who had a wonderful, wonderful performance in a movie and they really stood out compared to the other actors in the movie? Maybe you went to a local theatre company or a local theatre production. Did any of the actors stand out more than the others? Did any of the actors like steal the show and you're kind of thinking, wow, they are really, really good. Because that is what it means to stand out. The Dark Knight, Batman, that movie, The Dark Knight, with the Joker. Well, Heath Ledger really stood out in that movie. Not because of his crazy makeup or anything, but Heath Ledger stood out in that movie because his performance of the Joker was the very, very best. The absolute best. No one is ever, 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 ever going to get close to having a performance like Heath Ledger did with the Joker. That was just exceptional work. Heath Ledger stood out in that movie. And there's a great cast in that movie. There's a great list of A-list actors in that movie. But Heath Ledger, he stole the show. He stood out. Whenever anyone talks about that Batman trilogy, the Christopher Nolan ones, Heath Ledger's name is always mentioned because he stood out so much. He was next level in that movie. So stand out to be noticeably different or better than other similar things or people. 
if you're looking to buy a new car and you're at the dealership and there's a list or there's a line of five cars the salesperson might be like you know i love all these cars but that one over there really stands out the most and then they explain why it stands out they explain why it's better than the other cars so that's talking about it how it's better than other things but to stand out also means to attract attention so I mentioned when I was in high school I really stood out because you know I was 6'1 I had long hair I was a fat cunt I was 126 kilograms mahoosive and I just commanded a presence because of my size what else could make a person stand out physically pink fluorescent hair their style of clothes might make them stand out you know, maybe they dress up every single day. Maybe they have so much makeup on that they stand out. Maybe they decide to dress differently and they're wearing like this red long dress or a cloak or something like that. They're going to stand out. People are going to look at them before they look at everyone else. At a wedding, who should stand out? The bride. The bride should stand out at a wedding. And if the bride doesn't stand out, there's a problem. There's always people who want to wear white to a wedding. Well, here's a quick fucking message for you. Don't wear white unless you're the one getting married. It's not your job to stand out at a wedding. That's the bride's job. So do not wear white to a wedding because you think you'll stand out, whereas in reality, everyone's just going to hate you because you're trying to stand out ahead of the bride. Don't do it. Life pro tips from Ronan. God, I remember I wore a wedding dress to a wedding. No, I did not. All right. So you get me. You get me with stand out. To be noticeably different, to be noticeably better, or to attract attention is to stand out. So can you think of a time when someone's kindness, generosity, or dickheadedness made them stand out in your memory? What did they do that made them stand out? What did they do that they will never forget you? Or you will never forget them, excuse me. What strategies do you use to make your work stand out ahead of others in a competitive environment? Like, I have no idea where you work. I have no idea what you do. But if you are working and you want your work to stand out, what can you do? Or how can you stand out in a job interview? What can you do to make yourself noticeably different or better than others in a job interview to stand out? It's a great example to stand out. Did you make yourself stand out? Someone might ask you after the interview. Did you make yourself stand out? Maybe you are at work and you know you might be at a senior level and you need to choose someone to get a promotion. Well, who stands out as the best candidate for the promotion? Look at all your workers. Who do you think deserves the promotion the most? Who stands out the most? Who has done the most for this company? Because whoever it is, they're the ones standing out and everyone else is just keeping their heads down and getting through it. I want someone who stands out leading this company, not someone who blends in. Think about a new, the new iPhone. That usually stands out, doesn't it? You know, if someone will put their phone on the table and everyone's like, ooh, nice new iPhone that you got there. For some people, they literally just get it because it is a social sign more than anything else. So to stand out is to be noticeably different or better, or to attract attention. Alright, the next phrasal verb is to settle in. Settle in. S-E-T-T-L-E-N. Settle in. 
And that means to become familiar with and comfortable with a new environment or a new situation. For example, it took a few weeks, but eventually I settled into my new apartment and started to feel at home. It took a few weeks, but eventually I settled into my new apartment and started to feel at home. Have you ever moved house? Have you ever moved city? Have you ever moved country? Have you ever moved continent? Have you ever moved hemisphere? Have you ever moved planet? That would be cool if you did. But let's go back a few steps. Have you ever moved city? Moved house even within the same city? It takes a while to settle in, right? It's not so easy. I've moved quite a lot. And I haven't moved in the last eight years and it's pissing me off. We're actually thinking of moving again. I'll save that story for a catch up at Ronan. But when you move, it takes a while to become familiar with your surroundings. It takes a while to become comfortable with your surroundings. You know, maybe when you move house, you're in a new neighborhood and you don't know where the best shops are yet. It'll take a while for you to settle in. You don't know your neighbours yet. You don't know the local area very well. So, you know, you feel like you haven't settled in yet. Whenever I travel, a very common question is after you land, how are you settling in? How are you settling in? How are you settling in, Ronan? Oh, yeah, it's good to be home. It's really good to be home. It's different, you know, it's a lot warmer here compared to Canada. That's usually what I would say. How are you settling in? How are you settling in? How are you settling in, Ronan? Interesting pronunciation there. How are you? How are you settling in? Oh, I'm settling in quite well. It's good to be home. So you've moved cities recently. Have you settled in yet? Are you settled in yet? Common questions people will ask you if you're new in town. I remember when I just moved to Canada and so many people would be messaging, have you settled in yet? Give us a call when you settle in. My friend recently moved back home to Ireland. And you know I didn't hear from him for quite a while. Because he was settling in. And I get it. I get it. You're busy. You're always doing something. And it takes you a while to settle back into routine. It takes you a while to settle in. To a new environment or a situation. You know it's just after Christmas, it's January right now, we had Christmas holidays and it was freaking great folks, I absolutely loved it. But, once we go back to work I have to settle into the routine again, you know? I have to settle back into my routine, my Monday to Friday job and fucking hell I hate it. I want more freedom folks, buy my course, please buy my course, that will help me quit the job and get more freedom at what I really want to do. Quick and dirty English, out now. But to settle in, you know, how are you settling back in? Back in would be the way we'd use it there. So uh, after Christmas, you bump into your boss. Oh, did you have a good Christmas? How are you settling back into the Monday to Friday, nine to six job, nine to five job, whatever it is? Oh, well, you know, I have to settle in. I don't have a choice. I have to come. I have to become comfortable with work again. A new situation, for instance. It's taken me a while to settle into my new role at the job, but I think I'm doing okay. You know, if you have a new job or you have a new position within the company, it might take you a while to settle in with it. It might take you a while to really, like, feel comfortable doing what you're doing. Because suddenly you might have someone working for you. 
Suddenly you might have your own office. Suddenly you might have a lot more responsibilities and in that case there, it might take a while to settle in. Because there's so much to do, let me tell you that. So if you have ever moved location, did it was, was it easy to settle in or was it difficult? For me, moving to Canada, it was very easy to settle in. However, when I moved to Norway, it wasn't easy to settle in. Why? Well, I was a kid. I was young. I was like 24 years old. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And it took me a while to settle in because I don't speak Norwegian and it was a very small town. When I look back on it, I'm like, that was a crazy decision to move to Norway. We can talk about that later. But it took me a while to settle into that town. It took me a while to really become comfortable in that new environment. The the biggest changes were like the weather, the language, the culture. Feckin' everything was a big change for me. So it did take a long time for me to settle in. And then I moved to Spain and that was easy to settle in. No problem there. Moved to Canada, easy to settle in. Moved to Kelowna, too easy to settle in. And now we're ready to go. So, here's another example. Moving to a new country can be challenging. But with time... You'll settle in and adjust to the new culture. So, how do you typically settle into a new job or a new school? What steps do you take to adapt to a new environment? What steps do you take to adapt to your new situation? What challenges did you face when settling into your new city, new apartment, new country? And how did you overcome those challenges? interesting one there all right that is to settle in which is to become familiar with and comfortable in a new environment or situation the last phrasal verb that we're going to look at is to go through with go through with despite her doubts she decided to go through with the surgery to improve her quality of life are you going to go through with it Are you actually going to do it? So to go through with. They had planned to go through with the renovation project. But unforeseen costs forced them to reconsider. Have you ever planned to do something? And then struggled to go through with it? What stopped you? What made you doubt going through with it was the right thing to do? Can you recall a time in your life when you had to go through with a very difficult decision or task? How did you handle this situation? So let's go back to the first example of go through with. Despite her doubts, she decided to go through with the surgery. Despite her doubts, she decided to go through with the jobs the job switch despite her doubts she decided to go through with the wedding the divorce you name it despite her doubts she decided to go through with the threesome her husband always wanted i don't fucking know whatever you want but to go through with in these cases here is to do something To carry out or to complete something, especially something difficult, unpleasant, or previously planned or promised. She decided to go through with the cosmetic surgery. What is cosmetic surgery? Surgery to make yourself look better. For instance, you might do up your nose 
You might get some plastic surgery in your face. You might get a new set of breasts. You might get rid of a scar or something like that. All of those are cosmetic surgery. He decided to go through with cosmetic surgery and get a new head of hair in Turkey. I've mentioned that one before. So to go through with the surgery is to have the surgery. And there's times when going through with surgery or not can be a huge decision. Look, if you go through with this surgery, there's no telling that it might actually benefit your life. We think it will, but there's no, no confirmation that this surgery will have the result that you want. Do you understand me? So before you go through with it, really think about it. What are the pros and cons? Now there's some people who might choose, let, let's get real for a second, cancer, terrible disease and some people have a decision to go through with chemotherapy or not go through with chemotherapy and that can be a very difficult decision for people. Why? Because it's going to do a whole lot of damage to your body. Chemotherapy is like radiation therapy. It's going to kill a lot. It's going to make you feel terrible, make you feel like shit and there's no guarantee it'll work. So what would you do if the doctor said you have one year to live? But maybe if you do the surgery, maybe if you go through with chemotherapy, you might live longer, but there's no guarantee. That is a tough decision to make. She decided to go through with chemotherapy even though there was a slim chance it would help her. Thankfully, it worked. And I would love if that were the case for everybody. I would absolutely love it, but it's not. Sometimes you go through with it. Sometimes you go through with chemotherapy and it doesn't work. And that's just life, unfortunately. So despite her doubts, despite her doctor's doubts, she decided to go through with chemotherapy to try and improve her quality of life. And there's a real example for you. The other example I gave you was they had planned to go through with the renovation project. But unforeseen costs force them to reconsider. You know, there's times when you really want to go through with a purchase, like a large purchase, and you're about to do it, and then you really think, is this the right thing for me to do? I better not do it right now. I can't afford it right now. Renovations are a great example. Renovations are by far the best example. When you go through with renovations, it is a very expensive thing to do. And so there's always a hidden cost. There's always an unforeseen cost of something like that. In this case here, the unforeseen costs force them to reconsider their plans of renovation. They're, the unforeseen costs force them to abandon the idea of renovating their house, for instance. So, have you ever planned to do something but struggled to go through with it. Oh, one more example. The first time I shaved my head. There is, that's how I could use it in my real life. So I used to have long, beautiful, luscious locks of hair. Would you believe it? Now I'm bald with a beard. But when I had long, beautiful hair, I decided, well, I was going bald, so I had like a bald patch on top of my head, and I decided to shave my head. And for so long, I'm not joking, for so long I was wondering if I'd go through with it or not. Like, would I go through with shaving my head or not? I'm sure the men listening to this can relate. The first time you shave your head, because you have to, you're kind of thinking, shit, 
What if I look weird? What if I have a weird shaped head or something along those lines? So I went through with it. I shaved my head. And thankfully, I don't look very weird. It actually suits me pretty well. So I'm lucky. I'm very lucky that I don't have a weird shaped head. Because when you go through with shaving your head, you can't just undo it. It takes a couple of months for the hair to grow back. So, after I went through with shaving my head, I felt like a million dollars. I felt bloody great. It was wonderful. And I was wondering why I didn't go through with it sooner, right? So think about a big decision, folks. A big decision that you have. Maybe you have it right now. You know, my wife and I are toying with the idea of moving back to Ireland. We might go through with it. We might go through with moving back to Europe. I do miss Europe a lot. We got the Canadian citizenship. We can come and go whenever we want. So, we're toying with the idea of going back to Ireland. And you know what? We might very well go through with it. Can you think of a difficult decision that you have now? It doesn't have to be a difficult decision. It could be difficult. Or think about a big decision. You know, you're kind of at a crossroads and you can go A or B. Which route are you taking? What are the consequences if you take A? What are the consequences if you take B? Because all of that is connected to going through with something. So right now, I'm tempted to go through with quitting my job and moving back to Ireland. But that's a big decision. A huge decision. There's a lot of factors to take into account. What would we do with all the stuff that we have in Canada? What would we do about the job? How would we, where would we live in Ireland? Many questions to ask ourselves and to discuss before we actually go through with it. All right. That's a damn good podcast, I think. Very quick revision. The first phrasal verb, come across. The second, stand out. The third, to settle in. And the fourth is to go through with. Each of those, very useful in real life. Each of those very useful in high-level English. Try to make some examples with them. Always try to make examples with these phrasal verbs, folks. Very, very, very important. Right now, I think I'm going to go make some dinner. Right now, I think I'm going to go drink some water, make some dinner. Chill the F out for a while and start planning another podcast. You all know my name is Ronan. You know, you can buy me a coffee too. If you enjoy this podcast, you're actually able to buy me a coffee. Did you know that? I would love for you to buy me a coffee. There's a link in the description of this podcast. Buy me a coffee slash little seal, I think it is. So go there, and if you enjoy the podcast, buy me a coffee. If you don't enjoy the podcast, buy me two coffees so I can't talk because I'm drinking the coffees. See? See? It's a win-win for everyone, am I right? Uh, The Quick and Dirty English course is open right now until Friday, February 2nd. So if you're listening to this, you do have time to join this epic English course. It's eight weeks long. I can't feckin' wait to get it going. It's going to be amazing. It is amazing. I know it's amazing. And I know a lot of you are going to love it. So please, don't hesitate. Sign up. If you have any questions, if you have any requests, go to my website. Hit me up on Telegram. Hit me up on Instagram. I hope you are happy, I hope you are healthy, I hope these phrasal verbs save your life one day. I really hope they do. You know, I had a math teacher and we'd often ask him, Sir, 
why do I need to know what Pythagoras' theorem is? Or how, why do I need to know how to get the area of a field? I'm, I'm never going to use it in my life. And his response was perfect. Well, Mr. Scott, if you're walking down the street and a man comes up with a knife and says, tell me the four digits of pi or tell me how to get the area of this box, now you know the answer. Fair enough, says I. That's the answer I got. Anyways, enough of me rambling. My name is Ronan. This is the Little Seal English Podcast. These are four phrasal verbs. Bye for now, my friends.